and welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. I'm Lena Ebuchamra. It's great to have you back. I'm your host, and uh, we are having a great time in the series called Dear Lena, where you ask me questions about faith, life, culture, and everything in between, and I do my best to answer them. I uh, want to remind you, as usual, that I am not a theologian per se. I write about God. Uh, I think we're all a little bit theologians. That's not a fair thing to say, but uh, I uh, have a background in medicine, specifically in emergency medicine. So I think like a doctor and I love God's word and been teaching it and studying it for the past 20 years. So certainly uh, not a novice, but still I think this distinction is important because as we have gotten into the series, one of my goals has been to give you biblical truth for everyday life. Uh, If there's such a thing as practical theology, that's what we're going for here. And uh, uh, what my goal is, is to give you hope if you're a Christian in a post-Christian world. And so and my aim really is to provide simple answers for complex questions. And this is going to play a part today as we delve into our question for the day. But before we do, let me remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast. Just go to the iTunes, the Living with Power Hope podcast and subscribe. And by the way, why haven't you done that yet? You should be already subscribed to our podcast. If it's your first time here, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We've got a lot of uh, things going on here and we'll tell you more about them at the end. But for now, know that if you have a question for me at any time, you can just send it to me at dearlena at livingwithpower. And I will do my best to answer it. So I've got this question this week and uh, I'll present the question and then I'm going to give you three bullet point ways to think about it. Again, remembering we're going for a biblical framework to approach not just what people are asking, but what's behind their questions. And so here's the question for today. Dear Lena, should women be pastors? Talked a little bit about gender roles here, I think, but not as much as we will be. And, and, uh, uh, this is going to come up because it's a big conversation in post-Christian America. In fact, um, I mean, I think you're going to like this perspective. I don't think the, well, maybe, maybe the person who's asking the question really wants to get into the nitty gritty of what the Bible says and what verse and how to interpret it. But that's not where I'm going to go with this question. Uh, I think too many of us get caught up in that. And I think there are, boy, to say books written is an understatement. I think the last decade or even 20 or 30 years, maybe even longer than that, people have dedicated their entire careers and lives and theological training to, to, to get to the heart of what they believe the Bible's teaching on this question, should women be pastors? So I want to take a different bend on the answer today. And I, you might be you know, frustrated and, and be like, man, why didn't you just tell me from the Bible? Is it this or that? And you'll see in a minute why um, I've taken this approach. And I think we're going to cover some ground about uh, women in the church as we do that. I think the next couple of weeks we'll have some questions about women and their roles in the church. Uh, but let me let me give you three big um, biblical framework um, ideas that I've put together to answer this question. Dear Lena, should women be pastors? Number one, when someone asks if women should be pastors, you must first find out why. All right. Uh, the the truth is, this is a big debate. This is not a question that, you know, you wake up and you graduate high school and go, I wonder what the Bible says about this. I mean, the truth is we are now living in a culture where this is a big question. If you've missed this question, if you've missed the debate between, if you're a Christian and you're living in the church and you've missed this debate between the role, uh, you know, whether women can, can preach and pastor, uh, then you are not paying attention because this is really one of the big ones of the last, I'd say at least decade. Um, there's a lot of big voices on this. Um, uh, and, and, and inevitably I found that I've had conversations about this question with women that at the heart of the question is a reason for the question. And I believe that's true for every question that we ask in life, but even more so for this question. And, and, and some of the ideas that can float around here that I'll present, is there a sense of calling in this person who's asking the question? Is there a sense of calling that remains unfulfilled? By and large, when women start asking this question, should women be pastors? By and large, there's a sense of calling 
that they've had in their life to, to specific gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are spiritual gifts that were given by the Spirit of God upon receiving Jesus Christ as a Savior. And, and one of those gifts is the gift of teaching and exhortation. And if you're a woman and you've gotten those gifts in your uh, life, uh, leadership, the gift of leadership, those are gifts that automatically will stir up a calling in you that is God-given, God-ordained, and has a purpose in your life. And, and so inevitably, when women ask uh, if women should be pastors, uh, that question may stem from a sense of calling that remains unfulfilled. Mind you, it could be men asking who are just playing the devil's advocate or want to get into an argument. I'm not saying or just we want to be educated on it. That's one you know thing. I'm not saying it's always just a woman who whose calling is, is at stake, but it certainly can be that. Another thought process here, is there a wound that needs healing still? Uh, I believe a lot, there's a lot of woundedness in the church. And I, I know in some ways I hate that word woundedness. Uh, on the other hand, it's a reality. Uh, the church is full of walking wounded. We're wounded for a number of reasons. And one of the uh, one of the pronounced reasons that women walk around wounded is because of the way they have been treated in the church by the men in the church and by male leadership in the church. They have been treated as less than. Their gifts have been minimized. They have been told to shut up under the guise of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And, and so there's a lot of abuse of what the Bible teaches. And because of that, um, there may be a lot of woundedness that begs the question to be asked, hey, uh, uh, should women be, can women be pastors? Not should women, but can women be pastors? And, and, and it's a legitimate concern, not just a concern. This is, uh, I would even say an emergency. If a person has a wound that maybe they're still bleeding because uh, they have been abused by the male leadership in the church. That is, by the way, one of the biggest critiques of conservative uh, Christianity is that this um, uh, playing out of uh, the, the headship of the men in the church has turned into this misogynistic uh, approach and this um, uh, abuse of power approach against women. And so the, the, as a result of that, in the last 20 years, as women have become more vocal and independent, I think there's been this question, hey, uh, first of all, is there a sense of calling? Is there a wound that still needs healing? And so when women ask uh, if women should be pastors, we've got to find out why, or is, is, is maybe the spirit behind it is that there's a question that has not been adequately answered yet. Uh, the truth is that there's a lot of discussion on this and maybe you're in a church setting where no one has talked about it ever. And now you're out, maybe you go to college or maybe you're reading books or maybe you're checking out Twitter and you start seeing conversations, maybe even modeled to you, women who are very much functioning in a role of pastor and in a role of preacher. And you kind of wonder, man, are they, what's up with that? And where does that fit in? And, and so generally when women are asking if women should be pastors, they typically those questions come out of a conservative background where they've been told that they should not be pastors. So, uh, so when someone asks if women should be pastors, you must first find out why. All right. That's the first thing I would say. Here's a second big idea. Should women be pastors? When someone asks if women should be pastors, it will depend on who you ask. <laughs> let me, uh, let me try to tease that out a little, but also preface it by saying this Christians do not all agree on the answer to this question. There are Christians followers of Jesus, believers who will be in, in, in eternity with you who disagree with you on this. You might believe women can be pastors and there might be a brother or sister in Christ who believe that women cannot be pastors. And even though one of the, an extreme side can say the other person is wrong, they're going to hell, they are not. Both, uh, you can have two differing opinions. I, I, I like, there's a lot of uh, people who have commented on this. I think Campus Crusades has a nice sort of uh, definition, you know, sort of a summary uh, by a man named Dr. Alan Scholes. It sort of sums up uh, the idea that there are convictions, persuasions, and opinions. 
Convictions are non-negotiables. They're just like things you cannot disagree and you cannot be a Christian and deny certain beliefs about the Christian faith. They're, ex they're crucial for salvation. For instance, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is of first importance in 1 Corinthians 15. You cannot be a Christian and not believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Um, uh, there are other doctrines, the doctrine of the Trinity, the authority of scripture, uh, the full deity and humanity of Jesus. I mean, those are convictions, okay? Everybody who's a Christian ought to identify with those convictions. Then there are persuasions. Persuasions are beliefs which we are personally certain about but can still fellowship with other Christians who disagree on. I believe women in leadership falls into that persuasion category. Other ideas would be like baptism of uh, how do you baptize someone, sprinkling or immersion. Some would even say, you know, as a baby or later in life, the Presbyterian church baptizes as a baby. Uh, we grew up in Baptist. And so when I first heard that, I thought it was anathema, but you start to see that there's a reasoning to that. And so again, there's certain things about the nature of God's providence. Uh, um, again, those are second categories, denominational distinctives. And so I I believe um, women in leadership, women as pastors falls under that category. So Christians don't all agree on the answers to this question. So there are convictions, persuasions, and then opinions. Opinions are beliefs, desires, or even wishes not clearly taught in scripture where believers may legitimately differ. Okay. So these are even more minor. And, uh, uh, the style of worship could be under that. Uh, I think social drinking could be under that. You know, certain things like that that I think are not, um, are just opinions on how to interpret gray areas in life. And so, and so uh, keep that in mind, that framework, convictions, persuasions, opinions. When someone asks if women should be pastors, it will depend on who you ask. And not all Christians agree to this question. Christians who don't agree on the answer are still both part of God's family. And Christians who don't agree on the answers are not enemies. I think the last decade has pitted Christian against each other. And the two camps that they've been divided in are the camp of the egalitarians versus the complementarians. And so um, I think in the next session, I, I, I think another question has come in where I'll break that down even more. But complementarians um, are people who uh, believe that male and female are equal but different, both created in the image of God, but they express the image of God differently. Whereas egalitarians um, believe in the equality, uh, in authority and in a reign uh, uh, of, uh, and in responsibility, I'm sorry, biblical equality in authority and in, respons responsib in responsibilities in the church and in the home. That is egalitarianism, whereas complementarianism, they are equal uh, but different in function, equal in the fact that they're made in the image of God, but different in function. And so uh, those are sort of the big words in Christianity when it comes to the role of women. There's the egalitarians on one extreme and the complementarians on the other. And, and for the past you know, 10, 15 years, people want to box you in one or the other. And the truth is, I think of it as a spectrum. It's not one or the other. I was, you know, I always talk to my patients about heartburn and bleeding ulcers. It's like two ends of a spectrum. You can have heartburn, you know, it's all part of this big reflux family that you can have heartburn, you can have gastritis, you can have esophagitis, or you can have ulcers. I mean, and it's a spectrum. And I think that a lot of this role between um, uh, how men and women fit into the church, I, I really believe that there's more of a spectrum in reality than, um, than uh, extremism. And extremism hurts the conversation in the church because you can't get past a person's facade, um, heart. You can't crack the conversation if each person, this is very, I mean, when you think about partisan politics, you just aren't going to make any strides with anybody towards love if you're all convinced that you're right, your side is right. And so the other person is not the enemy. You can be complementarian, you can be egalitarian, that is not your enemy. Um, and so when somebody asks if women should be pastors, it will depend on who you ask. The egalitarians will tell you how they interpret scripture, uh, how um, men and women were created equal and after the fall and, and, and Christ has redeemed us from the fall and and how now, you know, we are restored into a place where Galatians, I think, is the verse that's touted that says there's neither Greek nor Jew nor 
slave nor free nor male nor female, so we're all equal in Christ, whereas the complementarians would say that verse applies to salvation, and so they would hold to 1 Corinthians 11 being a picture of headship and different roles of the body, and, and each, each side will kind of trace their idea throughout scripture. So I really do believe there are two sides to that debate and healthy arguments in each side. Again, even though some people do not believe it's, they, they think that they're right, I really believe there are healthy arguments on each side. So when someone asks if women should be pastors, you must first find out why. Secondly, you must, uh, it, it will depend on who you ask. And thirdly, when someone asks if women should be pastors, it's important to understand what they mean, all right? What does that mean? So there are a lot of conservative churches, and by conservative, I mean complementarian, that hold to sort of the old school traditional view of scripture. By the way, there's a lot of egalitarian churches that are conservative, so that wasn't a fair thing for me to say, but you understand now how words can frame conversations, and you have to be so careful here. Uh, so I appreciate the grace here, but, but uh, there are some com complementarian churches that use the term pastor, for instance, uh, with women who lead children. So the children's pastor, they might okay that title because in that sense, a pastor is a shepherd of God's people and a woman could lead kids. So a lot of the complementary churches would argue that if you're under 18, you can be led by a woman, whereas if you're over 18. And so, you know, it, it opens itself up to sort of like, well, when, the, when is it okay to lead your 18 and a day? And, and I don't want to go down that path right now, but just to sort of make the distinction that it's important to understand what you mean by the term. A pastor is a shepherd of God's people or is a pastor an office in the church? Or is a pastor you're calling to serve God and his people, like your God has called you to pastor others uh, within the context of your work? Or is, with, or is your being a pastor is an actual job that you get paid for? Maybe you're a chaplain in a hospital, that's a form of a pastor. Or are you a pastor in the sense that you exercise God-given authority? Now, the truth is, when people are asking this question, should women be pastors, I believe usually they're asking it in the context of specifically uh, the role of elder and uh, and main pastor in a church so where it, ha it has to do with the authority and the responsibilities given and again this is where you kind of go back to the distinction of an egalitarian that says it's equal you can be a woman and be a pastor whereas the complementarians would complementarians would say no and now you know you'll see so you can kind of go down the path of saying well what about if you're not a pastor but can you you know can you teach men well first of all the dear lena question was specifically about pastoring but i think the insinuation often in this question is can women teach men and you're going to see some variation in that and I, I, I'll tell you, some of you may be going, well, what do you think, Lena? Well, I, I have grown up and I have uh, maintained a belief in a complementarian system where men and women are equal, but functionally we're given different roles in the church. And at the office of pastor and elder is restricted to the male. And that I do believe that women have the freedom to teach and multiple examples, including Priscilla in the New Testament and others. Of course, deaconesses were commonly, you know, it was, they were referred to as women, but also teachers, leaders in the church, of course, the prophetesses and others um, in scripture that were, and, and the promise that women will prophesy and we're all given the command to, to, to uh, go out and preach the gospel. So I believe that the de declaring of God's word, the proclaiming of God's word under the authority of your pastor and elder, I believe there's a lot of freedom there. So I, again, would abide less by a category of egalitarian or complementarian. I would say I'm a soft complementarian if you really want to pit me in a box. So if you're looking for my personal opinion, that's what I believe. However, uh, I would reiterate that uh, when it comes to this question, number one, find out why. Why do people um, ask that question? And number two, um, it depends on who you ask is how you're going to get an answer. And number three, understand what you mean by that word. I, uh, 
I myself felt called to, to, I felt that God had called me to teach his word. Didn't really know anything about these words and the role of men and women. I just knew that I had a Bible and at the time I was in a church with women uh, and that's who I taught. And as time has gone, I've, I've had the privilege of teaching, you know, both men and women and have done it under, again, the authority of the churches and the leaders that I've served under. And by God's grace, um, the, the issue for me has more to do with yielding, um, the rule of my life to God and allowing him to dictate where I teach and how I teach. And I think at the end of the day, that's at the heart of uh, what God requires in us, whether you are an egalitarian or a complementarian. So should women be pastors, you need to study, pray, ask the spirit to lead you and know that uh, wherever you land, you're not the enemy. We're all God's children and by God's grace, we'll, uh, we'll continue to make his son the center of our life and his truth elevated in our life. So, hey, I love you guys. This is the end of the session for today. If you'd like to send me your questions, send them to dearlina at livingwithpower.org. If you've got comments, questions, likes, shares, do what you need to in this regard. And in the meantime, subscribe to our podcast. And lastly, I teach Thursday nights in a Facebook community group out of the Bible. We're going through a series now called Unshaken. Uh, 2021, we're going through an awesome basics, basic training, basically in Christianity. So I hope you join us. Go to livingpower.org, click on join our community. I would love to meet you in person. In the meantime, have a great day. God is good. And more importantly, he loves you. There's nothing like this in the world. Hope you know him.